Today our text during Advent is from uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Advent is a season in which, as we talked about last week, in which we remember, we also consider and then we look forward to. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The prophet Isaiah is speaking against a backdrop in which there is no peace calling for a Messiah, a Savior to come into this world, and predicting that God would send one. And He would be known by these names, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Today, as we consider these scriptures, we could title the sermon, The Prince and His People. Woo! The Prince and His People of Peace. As we look around us, this is uh, common (laughs) in the life of Redeemer to stop and just take a glance around in the moment and say, is there peace, right? As we look around, uh, it seems that's all that is ever reported on, a lack of peace. And even in our households and in our workplaces and at school, there seems to be always turmoil. Yet... The Lord has come, the Prince of Peace. Peace is a great treasure. And if applied in relationships, peace, oh, that's a relief, isn't it? Husbands and wives and with our children, we need a breath of peace. As we look around and Wars and rumors of wars, people fighting, China sending supersonic nuclear devices around the world. <laughs> Peace. Peace is this idea of being free of angst and worry. Peace is this thing that says, it, it, it means, and it's the word shalom, right, in Hebrew, and it's this word wholeness, where everything is well. Peace, all is well and as it should be. Amen. It's great to speak those words over us today, right? Amen. But as we look at the world and our lives, and it seems that Things are not as they should be, (laughs) as would be good. Things are not well. And we have this angst and worry. In the Old Testament, shalom was a a common word. Uh, It it was used all throughout the Bible. It it characterized, in some places, prosperity and well-being. It oftentimes would be talked about in the absence of conflict, It would be the shalom needed to be applied to have right relationships. It was a restoration of harmony in nature. It was salvation. 
And I'm wondering, would this return again? It seems like it's been lost. In the Old Testament, we first see the idea of shalom in the garden with God where everything is as it should be. And then the fall, and then everything falls apart, right? The prophets look forward to a time of shalom. They long for it. When will things be made right? When will we see the garden again? When will we be like that? And there was this idea that as the people of God that we are going to receive that kind of shalom. And so the prophets were regularly calling the people of God to obedience so they might live in shalom. The false prophets were preaching, and they were saying that that God is going to provide this shalom just because we are his people, because God likes us. We are his. But the real prophets were saying, no, because you continue to be disobedient, you don't follow the covenant. As you walked away from God, you won't receive the shalom. So they wanted to kill the prophets, right? That's always the case. It would be easier if we did nothing and just lived as the people of God as, and received this shalom. We expected, I mean, we are in many ways the same way. Like, who deserves peace more than me? Right? I mean, it's me. Shouldn't I? Shouldn't everything be good for me? Do you feel the same way? Like, of all people in the world, I should be at peace. Everything should be good for me. This was the way of the prophets, the people of God. They were always saying that soon things will be well for us. And things were never well for them. Because although they were in relationship with God, they didn't know peace. And so we hear these words Spoken by Isaiah, looking forward to one who would come and be present as that Prince of Peace. And so as Jesus is, is born, as there's, there's, there's prophecies, that the angels are swirling about, promising that the, the Son of God was coming, that, that the Messiah would be here in just a minute, in that In all of that excitement, there was a little one who was born before Jesus, who was to be a preparation for the coming of this Jesus. And Zechariah, remember Zechariah is the the father of John the Baptist, and he is in the temple, and he is presiding in the temple when the angel speaks to him and promises that, that, yes, there's going to be one that comes, and, and your son will be the one who is part of that promise. And in, in Luke chapter 1, verse 76, it begins like this. As Zachariah, it's as if he's holding little John the Baptist. They just knew him as John back then. He wasn't much of the Baptist. He said, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. That's a lot of pressure, isn't it? And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. Isn't that beautiful? 
from where the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. This little baby. And so what did the little baby do? He grew up to become not just John, but John the Baptist, John the baptizer, and he is calling the people of God, repent and turn from your ways and turn to God. Restore the kingdom. Come into the kingdom. Be the kingdom kind of people. And as you come in contact with Messiah, who is Jesus, he will lead your feet in the way of peace. So Jesus grows up and he teaches on peace. And he makes the way for us to be at peace with God. He teaches the way of peace. He, he says in, in, in Matthew chapter 5 that blessed are those who are peacemakers. You see, in the Old Testament, there was a knowledge of peace, and there was a way of peace. And so you look in the, the, book, of, uh, uh, the book of Proverbs, and there is a, a line, that, that a, a, a thread that goes throughout that weaves this fabric of what the good life is in the book of Proverbs. It is a way of explanation. Like you want to find the way of, of peace, the way of God, the way for things to be in harmony and right, is to follow these kinds of Proverbs. It's part of the wisdom literature of the Old Testament. And then, after you read that, you go to the book of Ecclesiastes, and the book of Ecclesiastes says, you know, you can follow all those things and still not have peace. <laughs> like, wait, were y'all not listening to each other? Because there's still so many other things going on. And if, you, if you're so wise to follow all these wisdom proverbs, you can still be empty inside. And so there is almost like a, after you read Ecclesiastes, so eat, drink, tomorrow may be your last day. <laughs> you know? It's a real upper. But Ecclesiastes is really pointing that there has to be something else. There's something more yet to come. And so Jesus is teaching us the way of peace, how to be people of peace. And he's saying things like, you have heard it said, but I now tell you. And so he gives us a, a, a direction in which to go, in which to live, as the Proverbs would say, a life of wisdom that leads towards peace. But there has to be something else. There can't be true peace with God until Jesus comes. The book of, of, of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes is like a beautiful gold cup without water in it. Like, we need something more, and Jesus came as that living water to fill that cup to overflowing. He teaches us the way of peace, and he fulfills the peace. So when Jesus goes to the cross and dies on our behalf, he makes the way so that we can be at peace with him. It, it wasn't all in doing what's right. You had to have someone who would win the day for us in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. And then Jesus says, now when I leave, I'm going to give you peace. In John chapter 14, he says, these things I have spoken to you while I'm, while I'm still with you. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, 
but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. What is Jesus speaking about? What is he sending? He's sending the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will give a peace, a peace that passes understanding, a different kind of peace than they've had before. He says, now, the world knows a kind of peace. We, we can have a cessation from war. You can, you can fill yourself with all kinds of distractions. That's what our, our life is about right now, right? Where as we feel some kind of way, as we, we see that the, the things are not working out around, around us, what do we do? We find other ways to satisfy ourselves in, in pleasure or just in distraction. I mean, our world is known about distraction. We're always finding a way to distract so we don't have to deal with the reality that things are not well. And if we just don't think about it, if we can kind of numb ourselves, whether something we look on a screen or, or something that we ingest inside of ourselves, if we can just be distracted and not think, maybe that would be a kind of peace. That's the kind of peace the world gives. But the kind of peace that, give, that Jesus gives is a kind of peace that doesn't withdraw from the world, but it's a kind of peace that enters into the world with the power of God. Well, that's different, isn't it? And so he calls us now as his people not to, to go deep inside ourselves, but to now serve and love others in the power of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit now lives within us to make us people of peace. Those are highfalutin words. I like, there's a, a, a for, for my distraction, I like work watching this little thing, I think it's Discovery or something, uh, about gold mining. I think it's called Gold Rush. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so what they do is they, 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 they go and search and they find a claim, they pay big bucks, and then they start, digging stuff out, and they have these excavators, and they, yeah, like excavators, excavators and these big old tractors and things, and they're picking up huge amounts of dirt, and they're putting them in these big conveyor belts, and they've got to have this big pond, so they have enough water to put the water through to wash the stuff off, and so the stuff, I don't really know how it works, but, and then they, and then it, and sometimes it breaks, and, 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 so you have this, all this dirt and stuff that they're processing through in their machines that are shaking and vibrating and getting the big stuff down to the small stuff to the, 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 uh, the, the gold, which is heavier than everything else. And finally, at the end of this process, you know, there's like a little bucket, you know, at the end. And, you, and then they're like, okay, you know, everybody wants to check the bucket, you know. And so they finally go and they pull out the bucket. Oh, and it's just yellow gold, you know. And, and, you know, and, and they're, they're partying and they're celebrating, but they had to go through a lot of dirt to get there. <laughs> they had to go through a lot of mess. And so what, what I would like us to understand, maybe like the prophets of old, the false prophets of old didn't get, is that peace requires some work. 
it would be nice if peace just over us, you know. And so we just kind of walked around in a, a state of, I'm just so happy, you know, I'm such a peace. But, you know, we know each other. We don't walk around like that, right? Because it's not, it's not how it works. To find peace means that we have to sift through a lot of stuff, right? And we have to apply the gospel in all these different situations and find the gold. I mean, the beauty is that we didn't, we didn't have to make this claim ourselves. Like, that claim has been bought and paid for by Jesus Christ. He did that. Like, there is gold in there. But it's going to require you and I to live in that process of finding peace. It's there. And so as we get low, as we get frustrated, as we become disillusioned, we need to shake it up a little bit and apply the truth of the gospel to this. That there is a God who is there. There's a God who loves me. There's a God who is in control. That he gives me the tools to live out this life and that I might find peace. And it, for all of us, it is not a golden life all the time. Amen. And so know that peace is hard, hard, hard to come by, right? We have to continue to work with the Spirit. There are some, there are some works of the Spirit, our salvation, that is only by God, right? There are other parts of our salvation and maturity and growing that are a work of the Holy Spirit in us together. And finding peace is part of that work. It, it, is, it is a work that, that needs to continue in all of us as we study the Word. So that's why going back to the Word of God every day, brothers and sisters, is huge. It is part of the sifting of the mess. Going to Him in prayer every day isn't something we just check off a box and say, I'm being a good Christian. It is mandatory for us to have peace. Amen. Try doing that without peace, and your life is a bunch of mud. That's what it is. And then acting in such a way and following the commandments of God, this is the work in our salvation that brings us peace. Amen. Trevor and I were talking this week you can find us at Daisy's for Mexican uh, breakfast on Friday mornings. And we were just recounting you all and talking about you all. Yeah. And how I am just surprised all the time about the working out of peace in your lives. And so it's a joy. It's joy for us to serve the church. This week I had a, a lady contact me and, and she was going through all kinds of troubles and she said, but there's this, you know, there's a lady in the church who keeps up with me and keeps praying for me every week. I don't know that's going on. I don't know. But that happens over and over. This person's been helping me. This person's been praying for me. I've been visiting with this person. I had this person over and we did the back porch thing together and I know they're going through these struggles and I hear about all these things. Yesterday we had a... Uh, one of our deacons, Thomas uh, Everett, uh, organized a work day up here, and we had 
uh, a bunch of, Bob, Bob Eddington is, I probably shouldn't say it's precariously hanging over a roof doing things, and uh, Elijah Thomas, and uh, Jerry Roberts, and uh, who else? Am I? Oh, Dave Foreman, and little Elijah. I'm missing one other person. Who did I miss? Huh? Oh, oh yeah, and then, and then Mr. Byerly, Jason was there, and, and Nate Simons, and so we were getting all dirty and nasty, and, and uh, but praise the Lord, it's working together as the people of God, and being there for each other, and teaching, and counseling, and caring, man, I love being with you guys, you're all right. But you know, it's a lot of work too, isn't it? Yes. It's a kind of work that brings about some real beauty. Amen. Be the people of peace. And then here's the good news during our Advent season. Jesus comes back. He takes us to him to a new heaven and a new earth, just like the garden before. And instead of specks of peace, the road is just lined with gold, right? Because <laughs> we put our feet firmly in a place where there is peace for all of eternity. Where all things are well, all things are whole, and we are with him. I can't wait for that day. Until then, excavate. <laughs> Shake it up. Do the work of the people of peace and follow in the footsteps that are guided by the one that was promised and who has come to lead us into shalom. Amen.